welcome to episode 9 of Girls on the Grid. My name is Tanea and I'm here with my co-host Priya Richards who has been hanging out in the forest this weekend. Priya, are you okay? Have you got all the dust out of your lungs yet? I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't know if you can see, but I have a line of dirt across my face from today. A mud mo? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I actually do. Um... Oh, no, it was an awesome experience. Um, had my first rally. Um, not my first. I haven't I haven't done rally since I was really little when my dad used to do it, but it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. And I even um, did some navigating today. Uh, yeah, had a, a ride day with Harry Bates. and I saw you got a hot lap. Tell us about that. Yeah, so basically you'll catch me... Um, at round two at Perth, actually. Um, I'll be in there with Harry co-driving. No, but <laughs> honestly, I had so much fun. It was, it's a whole different world to circuit racing. And I'm, I'm starting to think maybe it is just a little bit cooler. Disagree, disagree. Don't, don't do that to me. Nah, nah, look, they're both pretty awesome. Don't listen to Jack Martin. Circuit racing is superior. Look, I think having been in... Remember where you come from. <laughs> Look, having been in a a Porsche, I can't remember if I've been in a supercar or not, but having been in a circuit racing car to a rally car, look, they're totally different and they're both very fun in their own ways, but whoa, these rally cars, they are insane. Pretty loose, hey? You feel I... like you're going to die, but it's so fun. Last year I had a hot lap in a side-by-side car which is like those buggies that are made for off-road racing with Simon Evans, who's a rally champion, an incredibly talented rally driver in his own right. And he's now in side-by-side Australia racing, sponsored by King Chrome. And seriously, like if that is a half of what a rally car feels like, like we were, these things have suspension. And like as someone who grew up racing motocross, it's just the motocross version but with four wheels. So they will like, you get proper air. Oh, we got air today. Did you see me over that bridge? <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I could just imagine what your face would be like. But these side-by-sides, they're just made, they're like a motorbike with four wheels. You just gap like these huge tabletops and doubles. It's, it's freaking sick. But that's the only thing I can compare to a rally car. How's the grip in those cars? Because being on the dirt, it's obviously very different. And we'd be going straight towards a tree and I'm thinking, oh, shit here we go and then it's just they have a lot of grip that probably surprised me the most but so yeah so much fun and like you know only harry babes you know oh yeah that's it only australian australian rally champion yeah yeah it's not like he knows how to drive or anything like that you know no it was an unreal experience it was awesome but tanea i saw that you had quite a nice little getaway this weekend look guys for the first time ever the first time ever, Tanea had a weekend off. She went on a holiday because when you have three available weekends in a year to go on a holiday, you take the freaking holiday. And I did, and I like just lived it up. Went down to Mount Martha on the Mornington Peninsula and like I spa bathed. I that looks so in. nice. Oh, the bath. I was Amazing. jealous. Amazing. I was I went jealous. I walk at the marina. 
I was just, I was just living a good life. And you think about, you think about like working and living the dream. And if you, they say that whole thing of like build a life you don't need a vacation from. I kind of still like a vacation. Like I don't have a nine. Oh yeah. But every now and again, it's cool to wind down and just kind of relax. But you know what? The biggest, the biggest problem with me relaxing is my body's gone. Oh, hang on a second. You've actually now I can off. absolutely destroy you. So now I'm just going to self-destruct on you. And like I've been sick, I'm vomiting, like all of this just because my body's found a spare second of fresh air to go. You know all these like viruses and stuff that you've given me that I've like been doing my best to protect you from? I don't have to do that anymore because you're not doing anything. So, hmm, suck it. And that's what I'm dealing with now. But you know, it's all all part of the job. Did you just say you're vomiting? I feel like I need to vomit. I'm not vomiting right say... now because that would make for an oh. interesting bot experience. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we haven't spoken for a few days, and then when I entered the studio, I just saw her sitting there looking absolutely wrecked, and I'm like, "Hang on, did you not just go away for the weekend? I'm not what is relax? Going? I mean, I've come to life now. I'm talking to you. The endorphins have got endorphins have risen in my body, but I do have that effect on people. Priya Richards, that's the Priya Richards effect. We call it that. It's trademarked. <laughs> let's let's just wind back to the rally for a second. Is there anything Shane Van Gisbergen can't do? Oh my god, he he is insane. I don't so, think like is there anything he does not excel at? That guy. Well, I mean, how much rally has he actually done? Because I'm I'm not quite. I mean, I haven't, I, I, I don't know how much he's done, but of, like. Stuff I don't think, but nothing major. Oh no, that's what I mean. Like he does really well, and watching him on the weekend as well. Like he, we got some mega shots of him just because of the way he handles yeah. those cars. Yeah, he's awesome. So cool. It was just cool. Yeah, just cool to watch. Really. Mm-hmm. But God, like I have never like just going back. I have never come back from a motorsport weekend as filthy like my backpack you should have seen the looks I was getting at the airport my pants are covered in mud my backpack was black and now it's like an orangey brown dude I'm just as someone who grew up in dust um if you just just be very uh aware when you clean your ears with cotton buds the color that comes out of your ears yeah this is this is a bit gross but your snot is now brown just be aware of that when you blow your nose and you're like why am i blowing brown snot it's dust that is just like going to be inside your nose for the next like three weeks it's fine though it's totally healthy i kid you not the other day when i don't know i was at one of the jumps and the rally car went by and i breathed in this huge plume Plume. (laughs) and when I coughed a cloud of dust came out of my mouth so yeah that was fun um coughing up dust and was bringing my asthma medication everywhere just to be safe but it was all a good experience it was it was very fun that's awesome all right back to girls on the grid land no one cares about your rally stuff Priya god less of the people listening care about my lovely holiday in Mount Martha. Yeah, right. So shut up today and pray and tell us who you spoke to this week. So this week we had a really good chat to Courtney Tyler. 
She is the team coordinator for Jam Motorsport, which is based at the Ben Motorsport Park. And she's also a champion for the FIA Girls on Track program. And she's got a pretty awesome story. Tanea and I virtually met Courtney through doing the pod. And yeah, it was great to have her on and have a really good chat about her story. I think, yeah, it go it shows a lot about what you don't see. And um, she goes into really good detail about all that and definitely very inspiring and absolutely loved it. So what do you reckon, Tanea? Should we get into it? Yeah. I reckon we just get right into it. And Courtney Tyler, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for having me. For those who don't know, Courtney Tyler, you are the race team operations manager at GM Motorsport, which is based at the Ben Motorsport Park. You are also, like a few of our previous guests, a champion for the FIA Girls on Track program. Tell us a little bit about what a day-to-day kind of day in the life of Courtney Tyler is like. Yeah, I I guess, uh, and I I have said this before, I I think I kind of just fell into motorsport a little bit, even though... Um, you know, I have four brothers, so four brothers growing up as, you know, I was a bit of a tomboy. Um, but I always had an interest in motorsport and, um, yeah, I met my partner in 2014. He's a mechanical engineer. Um, and two years later we co-created, um, Jam Motorsport. So basically what we do is, yeah, we're a motorsport team. We run predominantly prototype cars um but we're just moving into the porsche um and rally space so yeah that's in a nutshell that's that's um how it kind of all came about so just out of curiosity what does jam motorsport stand for (laughs) so many people ask that um and it is a bit sentimental to my partner so if i said he'd probably actually kill me um so it, um, it is a sentimental uh, meaning to him and I. Um, and we wanted something that would actually stand out. So we could have had, you know, steer motorsport or something like that using his name because he was already known in the motorsport world. I wasn't um, when I met him. Um, but, you know, I think if, you know, the time comes and we want to sell the business, it's really hard to sell a business if you're using your own name, I think. So, um, yeah, we played around with some words and we came up with jam and, you know, there's just so many, it stands out, especially the logo, but I say that because I kind of helped with the logo. Um, and, and it's a talking point, you know, some people come up to us and go, what's jam, you know, and it's, um, it actually gets them interested before they even know what we do. Um, so yeah, it's got a sentimental meaning behind it. So you're telling me that it doesn't just stand for like raspberry and strawberry jam. Come on. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll I tell you a funny story. So we, we started a motorsport shop and um, and at the checkout, we were actually going to put, would you like jam with that? And you could either have straw, strawberry or apricot. So we we're actually going to do that. But no, it's is nothing to do with jam or fig jam for that matter, you know. So um, no, just a sentimental uh, meaning. I'm not going to say that I'm that I'm like angry that it doesn't stand for jam. I'm just a little bit disappointed. And I mean, I'm sure I'll get over it. It's definitely what I was thinking as well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
a motorsport team named Jam. Yeah, it it is a it is a bit left of field, but I think you know when when you think about what it means, it's um yeah, it makes more sense. I don't know. Maybe one day he'll let me tell people. We'll see. <laughs> so you grew up with four brothers who were all motorsport fans. So it was probably no doubt that you would take on that interest as well. But did you think that you would end up working in the role that you're in now? Absolutely not. Um, I, I've always been a bit of a tomboy. Um, obviously with brothers, you kind of are, but you know, I've got my girly side, but I'm a bit of a tomboy and, you know, I used to be out on the bikes and, you know, running around with the boys. Um, and I've always liked motorsport, but it was when I came back from overseas that I really like, really got really interested in it. And the first time was actually, it came up in a memory, um, on my Facebook, um, the Grand Prix and I was standing there. I'm like, God, this is so cool. And then I went to the Clipsal 500 in Adelaide and, you know, I thought, God, this is cool, but I don't know. I don't even know where to start or how, how to get involved. Um, and I used to, you know, go down to the paddock and be a little bit like not intimidated by the people, but probably intimidated by what was going on. Cause there is so much that happens in pit lane and whatever. Um, and I just thought, God, I, you know, I, I could never get involved in this. But at that time, I think I didn't even really know that, you know, I'm essentially, I'm the operations manager, but essentially I could be a team coordinator in another team or something like that. But I didn't even really know those roles existed. Um, so, and then I met my partner and, you know, a couple of years later we created Jam. But I think... With Aaron, I mean, he's a mechanical engineer, so I was always going to be around cars, but I actually never thought that we would start our own business. I just, we're, we're coming into our fifth year and we're so infant still and we've got so much to learn and I'm learning every day. Um, and I'm only just now starting to, well, the last couple of years, starting to meet so many more women in it um, that I never, I didn't actually ever think that I'd be the owner of a race team. So Maybe I might have been involved in some way, but um, back then I didn't really know how to get involved. And obviously that's why, you know, a bit of an aside, I'm so passionate about the Girls on Track program because it, it does highlight how you can actually get involved. If, like I didn't grow up in a motorsport family. I had brothers and they loved cars and stuff, but it was never, you know, every year we were at the, the races or every year Bathurst was on our TV. That, that wasn't what I grew up with. Um, but, you know, like I'm going to the F1 with my brother this year. My partner's not coming. I'm going with my brother. So I don't think, no, definitely not. Not owning a business, but maybe in a different role, maybe I could have learnt kind of how to get involved if, I mean, he was racing when I met him. So I could have definitely worked out a role to do if we didn't start our own business. So tell us, what did you want to be when you were growing up? If you, if you didn't want to be in motorsport, what did you want to be? See, I wanted to be a radiographer growing up. For some reason, everyone always told me that I'd be a nurse. And I was like, uh, I don't really know if I care about people enough to, to be a nurse. But I spent a lot of time after racing motorbikes, spent a lot of time in the x-ray uh, place. I was like, this could be cool. 
and then I picked up a camera and I didn't want to be a radiographer anymore. So what did you want to be before you fell in love with motorsport? So I wanted to be a flight attendant, but I think it was because of the travel that was attached to it. So I remember being at um, the airport. My brother was in the Navy and um, I remember it so clearly. And I said, oh, that's what I want to do. And my mum was like, yeah, that's, you know, you can be a flight attendant. I never pursued that. I've um, My background is actually EAPA, so that's what I do. Um, and then to, you know, f- fulfill my travel desire, um, I went and lived in London for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, so I wanted to be a flight attendant. So to end up in motorsport, it's, um, you know, completely d- different to what I wanted to do growing up. You do spend a lot of time on planes, though, in motorsport. You do. So, look, hey, maybe I'm just sitting down, not not helping people. <laughs> <laughs> just getting served on. Yeah, that's, that's right. Feeling like a rock star. Cool. So, like, going back to that feeling of going back to that moment of not actually knowing that if you would end up in motorsport, what was the exact moment that kind of reeled you in where you were like, this is what I want to do. This is my thing what was that moment like do you remember that I do and it was very daunting so when I met my partner he was racing in the prototypes already um he'd done it for for 10 years so um in 2000 December 2016 he came to me and uh he left where he was working and he said I think we should start our own business and I said you're crazy you've got all this experience. I don't, I don't have any, like I don't have any in, um, in motorsport. Yes. I've got the foundations, um, to do what I do now. Um, because you know, I've been an EA and a PA my whole life. Um, and he somehow convinced me and I somehow said yes. Um, and yeah, we kind of, that's where it started. It, it was very daunting, but I think what kind of helped is, we did already have some clients lined up, so I think that that made it easier. Um, but when we started the business, it was literally Aaron and I, and he was in the workshop by himself preparing cars and doing all the parts ordering, and I was in the office doing the other side and trying to get new clients in and trying to get exposure. You know, it's um, it's hard to get traction in um, motorsport when you're a new, you know, new team. Um, he, he was very well known in the industry anyway. So I think that kind of made it easier. But yeah, I, I do remember it very clearly. But um, also even it was hard, but I was, you know, it was a challenge for me and I like challenges and I love being busy. And I always joke, like I say to people all the time, you know, I look this tired because it is full on, you know, motorsport for one, but also having your own business and trying to do it all yourself is, um, is, is tough. But, um, once I got over the fact that, okay, we're going to do this. Um, I've loved, I've loved every, no, that's a lie. It's, it's stressful. Um, (laughs) and I wear my heart on my sleeve and, you know, every time a race starts, you know, my, my heart is pumping. I, I want all my clients to do well. And, you know, not crash into each other and, and finish. Um, so I've got to get better at that. And I know I do. I was actually talking to one of one of my girlfriends on the weekend and I was saying, yeah, I need to get better. At, you know, they're fine. They're going to be okay. Um, but yes, no, I remember it very clearly. And he said, it's okay. It's going to be all right. And I think what helped with that is 
wolf racing cars in Italy actually sought Aaron out and were like, we want you to represent, you know, our brand and sell our cars to the Australian market. So that was, you know, that was, um, that was very cool and just something that um, kind of helped establishing our business, I would say. So can you tell us a bit about the relationship there with Wolf Racing Cars? Yeah, so Wolf are like our Italian family. Um, I love them, Giovanni, Ivan and Maurizio. So they are a family um, business in Italy um, and they obviously manufacture the Wolf Racing Cars. So they bought the naming rights from Walter Wolf, which used to be an F1. Um, and then uh, they obviously bought it and um, yeah, so they manufacture the cars in Italy. Um, Aaron and I went over for the first time in 2017 and spent, um, they competed in six hours of Rome um, and they invited us to come and it was a bit of a study tour just to, you know, learn more about the cars and what they do and how they operate. Um, and they came second that weekend, which was pretty cool. They, they were on pole and then they came second. So that was very cool. Um, but they're, they're like a family to us. Um, so much so um, a couple of years ago before COVID, um, I went over there just by myself to learn more about the cars one-on-one um, with Ivan Maurizio and Giovanni. And it was really cool. Um, they, they treat me like like Aaron you know like he he's he's the technical mind I, I can't say I know you know terms about cars but I wouldn't say that I know how to fix a car but they were so patient with me it, it it's a, it was a new car that we bought to the market in Australia it's a little thunder car that's got an Aprilia engine in it so um I went over there to look at it to see you know should we bring it to the Australian market and we have and we've We've got a couple here now. So I went there by myself and it was the best experience because I got one-on-one time with them and they got one-on-one time with me. Majority of the time they're obviously talking to Aaron, Um, but we just have such a a great relationship and, you know, for them to trust us with their brand and we're the only ones in Australia that are doing it. Yes, it's it's still very infant in Australia. Um, We've got – I wrote this down because – I wanted to make sure I got it right. So we've got 15 cars here now um, and we're coming into our fifth year. So um, we're still on the up. We've just sold our first one to the New South Wales market and there'll be a local team in New South Wales supporting that one. Um, And there's a privateer supporting one as well. But all the others we support um, at JAM. So it's really good that other teams are starting to support them. so yeah, so we're still trying to, to grow awareness um, for the Wolf brand in Australia because obviously it's not like Porsche or Mercedes where everybody knows that brand. So, um, and it's a prototype car, so it's a bit different to you know your tin top cars. But um, yes, Wolf are, Wolf are fantastic and um, we love them and we're hoping to get back over soon to, to see them. So in a motorsport Australia article that come out last year, you mentioned that you weren't quite sure how you could get involved in motorsport. Like you knew you wanted to, but you just didn't really know where to start. What was your journey like from just being a fan through to actually being properly involved? Yeah. So, um, 
it was at that moment at Clipsal when I was like, God, I, I have no idea how, how I can get involved. And from, to be honest, I've gone in as a team owner, um, not knowing really the grassroots level. Like I kind of wish that I'd got involved in, you know, um, the official side and volunteering at, you know, a grassroots, you know, motorsport, um, a club, club level um, to understand it a bit more. So going like Aaron kind of knew it all, but I, I didn't. And it was very, very hard for me coming in completely, you know, not knowing anything. And I kind of had to work it out myself. Um, two years into having jam, I also was category manager for the Australian prototype series. So that really helped. But again, it's not something that you kind of just, I wouldn't, you know, recommend walking into. It was, it was such a new experience for me, um, dealing with, you know, regulations and up in race control and dealing with, you know, events that have happened on the track. But through that role, I met some incredible people and, you know, incredible people from Motorsport Australia. And that's how I had learned about the Goals on Track program, obviously. Um, so for me, I, you know, I, I remember you saying, Tanea, you, you volunteered and you did the flags and, and that's how you started. And anybody that is wanting to get involved in motorsport, that's what I would recommend because I think you would just like, there's probably, there's probably, well, there, there is a lot more people in motorsport that would know so much more than I do, but purely because they started, you know, at that grassroots level and then worked their way up. Um, so for me, it was, um, it was tricky. Um, it was challenging, but, um, I, you know, I just put my head down, my bum up and I was like, well, I've got to learn all about this stuff. I've got to start to meet people. I've got to understand what categories are out there. Um, I've got to understand who's who. Um, social media is great for that. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it was it was a big learning curve for me. And a lot of people, you know, um, just wouldn't go straight into owning a motorsport team. So I think, you know, at that grassroots level is, is where you start and then you can go from there, you know, category manager or race team coordinator or something like that. So for me personally, my family ran our own race team for about 10 years. Uh, we finished that, oh, would have been a couple of years ago now, but we had, we had a lot of highs and we had a lot of lows. And I remember there being some really tough times where it was, it was a struggle. Have you... Have you yourself ever felt anything like this with your business? Have you ever felt, I don't know if I can do this? Yes, I have. Because um, because our clients are, you know, they spend a lot of money to go racing. They're not professional drivers. They're, gen- well, you know, they are professional drivers, but they're gentleman drivers. Um, and we're selling them, you know, a car that we want them to go well in. So when they don't go well, it is very disappointing, you know, something happens. A lot of it's out of your control. Motorsport is motorsport. If an engine blows up, it's actually nobody's fault. It just, it is what it is. Um, so yes, I have. And, um, you know, I've said to Aaron, do you think we can, you know, do you think we can do this? He, he, he keeps me grounded a lot. You know, he, it's fine. You know, I'm the emotional one, um, you know, and I want all my guys to do well. So 
And I remember so clearly that it was at Sandown, there was a race at Sandown and just something went wrong and I was just, I usually, I try and hold it together at the track because you have to, but there was this one, I just, I don't know, and I just started crying and one of the drivers was like, it's okay, it's going to be okay. And everything is mo- in motorsport is so temporary. So your highs are temporary. It's like, cool, like we won that, we won on the weekend right but we're already looking for we're looking towards the next race and your lows are temporary as well um so you've got to celebrate your highs and your lows yeah they they are they are pretty low but you can also learn from your lows like we've learned a lot from our lows um and improve and you can level up from your lows um i remember when i was doing the category manager role so i was doing the category manager role I was running jam and I was working full time as well as an executive assistant. And I said to Aaron, I was in tears one night. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I said, I can't do this. I just, I just can't do it. And he said, yes, you can pull yourself together. You can. And I pulled myself together and I did it. Okay. So I only did it for a year. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he keeps me grounded and he helps. But what also helps is, We've, we're very, very lucky. We've got incredible clients um, who are, you know, if something bad happens, they go, yeah, that was, you know, that was pretty crappy. But, you know, they're kind of like, well, it's always fault. Let's move on next, you know. So we are very lucky um, in that respect. And our staff, we're very lucky as well. You know, they, they ride the waves with us. We're such, we call it the jam family for a reason because in motorsport, you're together all the time you know some nights we're working back late um and especially race weekends like sometimes you can be at the track very late and then you're there very early and you're just in each other's pockets all the time um so you have to have a good relationship not only with your clients but with your staff and um Aaron and I work really hard on that and it's a big thing when we're bringing new people in that come and work for us, you know, they have to fit the culture because as you know, motorsport, you're just, you're together all the time. So yeah, there's definitely been times where I just thought, I don't, what are we doing? Like, you know, wouldn't it be nice just to have like a nine to five job? Like, but to be honest, if I did, I'd probably be really bored and be like, I don't know what to do anymore. Why am I not at a racetrack? You know, my weekends, uh, my entire family and my friends know, like they have to book completely in advance because our, our life revolves around motorsport and that's weekends, public holidays. Like it doesn't take a break. Um, so it can get, it can get really, really tough, but that's when you just need to realize Hey, you need to just have a break, just go away. And I do that, you know, I'll have a break. I won't even t- open my laptop or go to the workshop. I'll have a day off and be like, okay, cool. Right. Let's go. So yeah, Priya, I'm with you. It's, um, it's tough having a motorsport team and, you know, ensuring your drivers are, are happy and have everything that they need. And, um, it can be difficult sometimes, but, um, you know, rewarding too, you know, they go out and set a PB and, you know, it's everyone's like, everyone's so happy, but, um, it kind of balances the hard times. I think it's something we don't actually talk about enough 
everyone just says if you if you love what you do you'll never work in your day in your life and I think that is the biggest load of load of crap really because I love what I do so much and I'm sure you do and Priya does but sometimes you just you're just done oh people people don't see the background of it they see they think it's glamorous it has its moments it does have it it does have its moments of the glamour but it also has its it has its moments of down in the trenches you just got to work hard you got to dig yourself out so it has both and i think all three of us can relate to the fact about like my mum like i live quite far away from my mum and she listens to this pod so hi mum but i live pretty far away from mum and she's like i just want to see you i'm like look i've got one spare weekend in july i've got a spare day and a half in september otherwise i'll come home and see you for christmas yeah And we talk about this in January and she's like, what? Yeah. Like, I just want to see my kid. And I'm like, here's your options. Yeah. Few and far between. And unfortunately, that's just a reality. And you've just got to, you've got to want it bad enough because otherwise you just go get a nine to five, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. It's such an emotional roller coaster, isn't it? Like people would look on the outside and think you are insane. Why would you do that to yourself? But it's, you just love it and you just do it. Because... You do, yeah. Like sometimes I think I am a little bit insane for doing this, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but you do, you love it. Like I get to the track and I'm like so excited to see my drivers, and they're excited to get on the track, and all my crew. Like you know, some weekends I have a team of up to like twenty people, um, and it is it's exciting, and they get out on track and they win and they spray the champagne, and it's it is really exciting. But yeah, like Priya, like people think it is glamorous. It does have elements of that, but, you know, people don't see you're on, like I was on my laptop until midnight last night. Like, you know, it, it just doesn't actually stop. It's, um, tw- it's a 24 seven job. So, you know, you have to be passionate about it or, or you couldn't do it. And I, I am passionate about it and my partner as well. I mean, I don't know what he would do if he wasn't doing cars, um, but yeah, like it was so funny one weekend I was going to a race meeting and like at a normal race meeting for me is, you know, I'm looking after my drivers and my crew, but we also have a hospitality section um, in the pit. So I do all the cooking and stuff as well for all our drivers and, and crew. And, um, you know, race weekends are really busy for me. I literally don't stop from the moment I land. And one of the girls was like, oh, are you going to be in a corporate box sipping champagne? And I was like, I wish I was, but but no, you know, you need to come to a race weekend and and just witness it. But be honest with yourself, you would be bored out of your mind if you're in a corporate box sipping champagne. Yeah, I I would be. Absolutely. I would be, I want to be running around, you know, doing something. So, um, yeah, as exhausting as it is, yeah, we, we do love it. It, um, it's, uh, it's a different different um environment to be in I think you kind of yeah you have to be a little bit not not crazy to do it a little bit insane you can say it it's okay yeah a little bit insane (laughs) can I say that um you can say that we all feel it yeah because it is it's full-on and you try and explain it to people and it's uh you know explaining is one thing but actually living it and doing it is another for sure so is there anyone that you personally looked up to or someone who inspired you within within your kind of inner circle that you were like yeah I'm gonna do what they do was there anyone female male 
who was the person that you kind of looked up to and, and sort of followed in the footsteps? Or did you just kind of carve your own path? I think um, when I started Jam, I didn't really know like what female uh, females were in, you know, little private motorsport teams. Um, but as we got, as we went along, you know, I met, I met some really cool people. Um, Miriam Crystal being one of them, she was at GWR um, and she's just amazing like I I could call her and go hey you know I'm thinking of doing this what do you think about this I think that's the biggest thing for me is um you know coming into a motorsport team not knowing anything it's like oh you know what what would be better to do it this way or you know different systems and processes so she's been really good for me um in that respect but obviously Jess Dane I mean she she's running an incredible motorsport team at the the peak of motorsport um, I've met her once. I'd love to meet her again um, and, you know, pick her brain, so to speak, as to, you know, how they do things and, and what they do. Um, I know that's tricky in motorsport. It's IP is um, you can't really give away your IP or how you do things or what you do. Um, but, yeah, she's incredible. She does so many different amazing things. But, you know, there's there's just so many um, wonderful women but it's only the last couple of years that it's really kind of apparent to me how many wonderful women we have and I know that if I messaged them I was like hey I, I don't know what to do here what do you do or can I help or um, you know um, can you help me um, and I think the girls on track program is helping with that um, so not initially I didn't really have anybody I was just kind of like felt a little bit on my own to begin with um but yeah um obviously through everything and meeting different people I've come to know who does what in in motorsport and um just kind of re I reached out to one of the girls at TechWorks actually um and met her yesterday which is really cool so um I think you know as you it's get it's having that awareness of who's in in motorsport as well like no a lot of people would have known who I was or what I do or if Jan existed you know just like you tonight although I did see you at supercars at tail and bend in the form up and taking photos and I was like god look at that girl she's awesome since since 2018 and 2019 and every time I'm at the bend I always drive out and I'm like oh that's cool I wonder what that is but it wasn't until we it wasn't until we started this podcast until and also until Charlie Bullis started careers with gears that I've actually started to really appreciate and know how, that there's there's so many of us and you think at the start someone asked me they were like aren't you gonna run out of women to interview like there's there's not that many like aren't you gonna run out I was like yeah oh no hey you know what I was like yeah we probably will be and then I'm like hang on every day through this podcast I meet another woman in motorsport and it like only one a week for like you get five or six years out of this bad boy and then by then there's going to be a whole nother generation of women exactly a whole nother generation of people who are hopefully hopefully inspired by what we're doing now that it's just so exciting that we will consistently have that flow of women coming through doing what we love but finding their own path and kind of learning learning out learning the ways that they can do what they love inside motorsport and that's just what kind of fills us with so much 
like bubbles and fluffies and butterflies and all that stuff just to just to be able to have people like you on who honestly i prior to careers with gears and same what you just said before like i had i had no idea who you were you know but heaps of the guests that we've had on and heaps of the guests who we will have on i had no idea who they were because you just you think you tell yourself that it's so niche you tell yourself that there's no one like you Turns out there is. And there's a lot. And it's not just like, you know, we go national racing. There's a lot in state racing as well that, you know, a lot of females in the state and grassroots level that are, are doing amazing things as well, you know. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of us. But like you said, today, like it's only the last couple of years I've been like, oh, there's another, oh, there's another one, you know. And it's I get really excited. And, you know, they're obviously racing in different series to us, so it's tricky to try and meet all these um, wonderful women. But, um, you know, like I said to you, I saw you at Supercars and then when you started this pod, I was like, oh, my God, I know this girl. She'd have no idea who I am. But, um, yeah, it's cool. I, lo- I, lo- oh, I love what Charlie has created as well with the careers, with gears. That was That's incredible because I think – you know young women and girls need that and and I know I didn't have it growing up and it's such a great opportunity for them to go for them to forge their own path with understanding how they might do it and you know women and girls in the industry that are already doing it so um yeah that's I'm really excited about that program to be honest and and also actually it's really nice having other girls and women like I'm the only female at jam and sometimes I'm the only girl at you know our test days and stuff like that and it can be not lonely I love all my guys I've never you know I've never felt uncomfortable I never felt like I shouldn't be there but it's sometimes nice just to have you know that female conversation and that female perspective on things because sometimes the guys are like ah it's fine don't worry about it you know so yeah for your motorsport career would you want to take it further than where you are now as in if a different role were to come up or if something came up for you overseas would you take it do you know I've I have thought about this um it is a bit tricky with the business um because you know our priority is the business um I have done a few days at the bend um helping them out with a couple things which I loved um and I was thinking about I was thinking about this before. Yes. So I think if we didn't have the business, I would um, potentially try and get a role overseas in like a, I don't know, team coordinator role. I actually had an opportunity to go to Europe. Um, When the Asian Le Mans was here, there was a driver that um, actually leased one of our Wolf racing cars and he happened to be racing one of the LMP cars. And he said, come over and... um, you know, hang with us for a weekend and see how we do things and COVID here and I couldn't get over there. Um, but I'd love to go over there. I think even just going over and seeing how Wolf do things is pretty cool. But yeah, I think I would um, love to, if it's not overseas, definitely in the Australian motorsport arena, I would love to do do something, probably a team coordinator role because that's what I do now. Um, but who knows? could do something different um but yeah I think if we didn't have the business um Aaron might go off and do his mechanical engineering and I'll go off and I don't know work for some cool team somewhere (laughs) 
So have you ever done any racing yourself or have any interest in doing any racing? So I haven't raced, but I've done some some test days. Um, so I actually have a trophy. Um, <laughs> but um, caveat, it's, uh, it was a Porsche club day. So we've got a GD3 Porsche that actually um, one of our clients and Aaron rally, they do the Adelaide rally together. Um, and it was a Porsche club day and he said, I'll go out in the GD3. So I did. And there was a trophy for, so it was based on your, from when you first went out to when you finished. So it was like most improved time for the day. So, so I won (laughs) the most improved time for the day. Um, so I've done that and I've been around the GT circuit in the Excel and I always joke to one of our clients, Seb Lip, hey Seb. Um, I know you're listening to all of these podcasts. Um, I said to him, I've got, I hold the, uh, the lap record on the GT circuit for an XL because no XL has been around there. Um, so I've done that. I've done a full day around there. And then just most recently, I actually competed in the Adelaide rally, which was really cool. Um, in my boxster and my navigator was another female. So we were the full first, no, the only full female team in the Adelaide rally, Okay, granted, it wasn't competition. It was um, speed limited in the Porsche Club. But, um, yeah, so I I did that um, just in November last year um, with Rosina Lauke, which was was really cool. Um, I don't think I could ever race. Uh, Track days are fun. I love getting in the car, um, but I don't think I have it in me to race. A lot of people have said get into a prototype. We've got a car that we lease, a prototype car that we lease, um, and they said, why don't you get in that and come racing in the Australian Prototype Series? I'd love to, but mm, I don't think it's for me. I don't think I could be calm enough to race. (laughs) What has been the most rewarding moment for you in your career so far? The most rewarding? Mm. There, There are a couple. I'd say probably the biggest thing was actually starting jam. Like that's a big thing. And sometimes we have to stop and think and go, wow, that's pretty cool that we've actually done that. And, you know, we're doing it and it's, it's going well. Um, also being the distributor for Wolf and, you know, when we sell a car and um, just the other day, you know, I handed the keys over to a new driver. Um, probably the other thing would be being um, a champion for the girls on track. Like I just, it, when Priyanka asked me, I was like so blown away because I just was like, oh, wow, there are so many other incredible women I'm not sure why you're asking me but um that that was pretty significant um we've won the championship in the Australian prototype series as well so you know they're all very cool things um that are that have you you know stuck in my mind um the other thing you know the the bad times also are good like I know that is like an oxymoron but the bad times actually make you know they actually help and you learn a lot and you learn that you maybe should do things a little bit differently and it actually helps you like level up um so I know I shouldn't say that the bad things are good they're not good but in a sense they are because you know we we learn from them um 
So, you know, the, the good times are there's a lot of like lots of little different things. Um, and then, you know, the bad times you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't so good. So let's, how can we do it differently next time? Or, you know, it's, if an engine blows up, you can't really help that. But how do we kind of, you know, help the driver feel better about having their car blown up or what can we do in that instance? Or how can we work with our client to make, to make them feel a little bit better? So, yeah. I think the biggest thing like off what you said on that is there's not really any, ever any mistakes in this industry. You always just need to learn from them. And as long as you learn from them, like it's not a failure, it's not a mistake. As long as the next time you approach it, you've learned what to do better or what to do different. And that's how you move forward in this game or in really in anything. It's like a setup on a car, really. Like, let's try this. Oh, crap, that didn't work. Right, let's go back to the drawing board and let's try this. You know, like I listen to the guys at the track all the time, like let's put this bar in instead of this bar or, you know, this tyre instead of this tyre. So, yeah, you're right. If things didn't go wrong, you can't really learn from it, which is, you know, it's crappy at the time. But down the track, it's actually a good thing. You're like, well, thank God that happened because now we know what to do in this instance. So, yeah. So as you know, as much as I love celebrating the good times, um, you know, there are tough times, and I actually like that to learn from them. So we've kind of brushed over a few times so far in our chat about your involvement on the Girls on Track program. It must be a super rewarding experience and and kind of program to be involved with so tell us a little bit about how this experience has been so far yeah it is super rewarding um and I love that um, Motorsport Australia have brought it to Australia and are doing it so I learned about it um when I was category manager for the Australian prototype series um and Paul Riordan from Motorsport Australia were like oh, have you heard about the girls on track well it was dare to be different back then actually um and I said, no, I haven't. So um, I got in touch with Tanya, who used to run it. Um, and my first event, volunteering for the event, was at the failed F1 round. Um, so I actually never got to do it. Um, but since that round, I've just been so passionate about it. And the reason I'm passionate about it is because I didn't have it when I was growing up. So for young girls and women, I just think, you know, and I kind of struggled with, um, you know, I wasn't one of those girls at school that had written in their report card talks too much. I didn't have that because, you know, I wasn't a confident student or whatever. So these girls can kind of come along and feel supported and meet people within the industry that are doing it and make those connections. So I really like that aspect and having the introduction of, so they've obviously got the ambassadors and now the champions, which is fantastic because, you know, girls can can go to um, those to the girls on track program. I've got one here um, in March, actually, at the Bend, which I'm very excited about. And they can come along and meet me, and um, actually see the workshop and go, "Wow, I know Courtney. Um, maybe I'll reach out to her and see if I can do some work experience in the workshop." Um, and I actually had that from the last program. I've got, actually got three two girls coming in to do work experience um in the workshop with the boys because they want to be a mechanic so um i think it's just i think it's great um i love that it's based you know it's um sorry aimed at the schools um what i want to work with motorsport australia on is supporting those girls so when they go back into the classroom 
how do they how does that continue um, and what you know what should they do in, either in their studies or through TAFE um, I've actually had a lot of people ask what did I study to get where I am um, but I think a lot of experience in motorsport is actually just on the ground um, you've got to be in it to kind of really understand it um, so yeah the girls on track program is great um, there's some fantastic females in there. There's lots of aspects. I love that it highlights the all the different roles of motorsport from drivers to, you know, media to um, engineer to mechanic to what I do. Um, and I remember when I was at the, the Clipsal round, I didn't realise how many different roles there were to, to make up a team and to make it happen. So it's such a fantastic program. And, um, yeah, proud to be a champion and... We'll do it for as long as Motorsport Australia want me to do it. So do you think there are more opportunities for girls who want to come into motorsport now? You know, we've got we've got the Girls on Track program. We've got things like Careers with Gears or podcasts. We've got Girls on the Grid. And, and those are very small aspects. But I think any attention that we can bring to it is good. But is there anything else you think we should be doing? I don't, I don't th- like, I mean, we can always do more, but it's like, what, how much do you do? It's when I was speaking to Priyanka about targeting girls to come, you know, to register for the bend one, um, you know, we could be in papers, we could be in magazines, but where do you stop kind of thing? So I think, I don't think we need to do more or we don't necessarily need to have more, more programs it's it's trying to and motorsport australia are doing it but target the girls at school but it's also targeting the grassroots um clubs as well and you know ensuring their members know so like if they've got daughters or granddaughters they're um mentioning it to them like there's a lot of car clubs all throughout australia um i think the sporting car club of um, south australia know about the program coming to the bend um that i think we need to maybe tap into the grassroots level a little bit more and tap into different aspects of there's lots of different aspects of motorsport there's also lots of you know there's drift there's rally um so trying to tap into tap into that a little bit more i think um there's a race chicks network have you heard of that yeah so I think that's really cool. And that's at grassroots level as well. Rachel actually reached out to us to come on the pod and she's on our hit list for guests soon. So that'd be great to be able to get that out to more people because I didn't know about it prior to starting the podcast and I've been around for five or six years now. So it will be great to be able to get that uh, awesome initiative out to more people. Yeah, I agree. I think they're having a lunch, uh, dinner at the F1 as well, like just like a like get to know people dinner um which is great um so I think like what I will try and do in South Australia is try and create that as well and maybe work with the Sporting Car Club of South Australia and the Bend there's um SA Women's Network here as well that we're talking about having something at the Bend that I'm going to work with them on um so yeah I think yeah tapping into that grassroots level because I mean a lot of people look at it and go I just want to work in a supercars team 
that's maybe not realistic straight up, um, but you can definitely work your way there. This is just a, a completely unrelated comment to your your history or your story, but did we see that lovely women's network um, oh. artwork by the government that Terrible. was yes, about I as did. tasteful as... Uh, Has I don't know, to be you, a said joke. That you said that. I was surely, surely it's a joke. Can someone fill me in? You don't know. Okay, hang on, hang on. Okay, so, 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 so. Please, I want to see this. The, this a lot of different government initiatives, they all have like this pill-shaped logo. Surely you've seen it on Facebook, but the government uh, obviously commissioned some graphic design team or agency or something to create a women's version for the women's network. Now, it's this pill shape. It's a pill shape still to go with the logo, but what they've done on the end is they've just put this W so it's a pill with a W at the start. And sorry for my crudeness, but it just looks like a dick and balls. It absolutely yeah. does. Priya, I'm going to send it to you. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> they've paid somebody good money to come up with this. Government cash. Yeah, government, government cash. cash. Yeah, wow. Well. They need to be putting yeah their money elsewhere. And the irony, it's it's kind of kind of like, oh my god, this is exactly something our government would do, without to get without getting like without getting political here. It just is like a this makes so much sense. Well done, Australia. <laughs> you know, yeah, it does. It also shows how out of touch our government is. I was just going to say that yeah. they're so out yeah. of touch, like they have no idea. How many layers of people did that have to go through <laughs> that not one of them said, you know that that you know what that looks like, right? One of my girlfriends, um, this is a bit crude too, but one of my girlfriends was like, that kind of looks like a tampon as well. Like, it what does. does not it? Got the cord Am too. I allowed to say that? <laughs> You're allowed to say whatever you want here. <laughs> it's so, so when bad. I upload this podcast, when I upload it, I have the option to pick like a clean or explicit button oh okay i'll just, I'll just hit the explicit do one it i don't mind i don't mind at all yeah okay it's... hang on let's bring it back sorry let's bring it back yeah. come on no no it's fine it's fine i'm just i don't know people are here to, to learn about courtney tyler not to talk about the government's tampon design courtney 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 bring it back bring it back what advice do you have for women who want to get into motorsport uh, so first and foremost, have a go, back yourself. Um, don't be afraid, but um, start start at your grassroots level. Um, knock knock on those doors. Um, go and meet. Try and meet people. That's kind of like how you get different roles within motorsport as well. Tanara, I know you were saying it's like. You know, just knock on those doors. Just keep not hounding people, but just make make them aware that that you're there, that you're committed. Motorsport is such, um, you know, it, it can be hard work. It can be, it is long days. It's long hours. It's weekends. It's public holidays. But if you're showing up and you're showing them that you want to be there and you want to do a good job, um, that's that's kind of like how you make it. Um, you know, it's uh, motorsport is a little bit relentless. Um, the other thing I'd say too is, and I wish I did it, volunteer, like start with, you know, volunteering and marshalling and doing your flags and um, 
doing all that because then like you understand it will all come together and you kind of understand lots of different aspects of the sport and that you can go, oh, yeah, I know about that. Oh, yeah, I know about that. And that will help you in kind of like whatever role you want to do, really. I also think when you learn... When you learn to love the sport at the very most basic level of flags or blowing a whistle or ushering people through gates or, you know, doing a paddock at an event where you bring cars out and stuff. If when you learn to love it at that very kind of, not bottom level, but very kind of, this is racing cars, like very kind of dirty gritty level you're level. getting in there yeah when you get to the glamorous stuff where me and pre are where we just sit in the air-conditioned media center all day you're like you learn you you've, you've just have so much more appreciation for it because you've done the dirt and the grit and you've done the hard kind of grunt work that when the glamour and the and the air con and the snacks and the food and the drinks all come about you're like yeah, yeah this is why i did the hard yards yeah sure, sure. <laughs> So yeah, um, if that you know you have to start somewhere, and if you've never done it, right, that's what I would recommend. But also, like, if any girl out there wants to get involved in some way, shape, or form, like my inbox is always open. I'm happy for any girl or woman to come into the workshop to do experience, to even come to a race meeting. I've had um, a girl uh, with me for entire weekend before to see what I do because she wants to be um, in F1 one day, which was so cool. Um, I've had another girl reach out to me. She's coming over and she's going to spend some time in the workshop. Um, So any girls that want to get involved, like, you know, if don't, you know, back yourself in. And if you think that you, you can't do it, then reach out to somebody that's doing it and we'll cheer you along. I mean, you know, I say that I'm a bit of a hypocrite. I, I, you know, suffer from imposter syndrome. Um, But, you know, I've got my mentors and I've got my girls that back me up that go, hey, you're being silly, you can do it. And, you know, I can can be that person for you as well. It's, um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy to to break in, but um, it will definitely be worth it and rewarding. And if that's what you want to do, then you're going to do everything to make sure that it happens. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. It's great to hear about your involvement in the Girls on Track program and your passion for women getting into motorsport. You have a really awesome story and I think it's great that we can bring a light, a bit of light to it and hear everything you've done to get to where you are. So good luck with everything that you've got coming up with Jam Motorsport. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on what you're up to and thank you for your time. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for having me. And we thank Courtney for joining us on the pod this week. And we have definitely just see like on the download. Courtney Prayer and I have organised to have a cheeky little uh, CC in a corporate box at the F1 this weekend. Oh yeah. Speaking of F1, huge week in Australian motorsport because the F1 is back in Melbourne. Finally. Well, we both live. We both live in Melbourne, and it is back. Like down the road from us. I mean, you're like an hour away, bro. Calm down. It's that's down the road. I'm closest. I live like 20 minutes away. All right, subtle. Uh, all right, all right. But okay, the F1's Lucky. back since the world exploded in 2020 when I was standing at the Grand Prix and the world like literally exploded. It's back. We're racing. Is this is this the sign that we're back to normal? Is everything good now? 
Honestly, who knows? I'm at a point now where I don't even like to say things feel normal anymore because you know what happens when you say that. Suddenly, yeah. But no, it's it's so good to have the cars back. I I think um, my last Grand Prix was 2019, but I, I was going to go in 2020 and then all the scary stuff happened. All the scary stuff. Wow. I was filming sca- on I'm, the Wednesday oh. night before the world exploded on the Thursday. I was at the F1 track filming with Tahan for Glamour on the Grid. Did like a really lovely video. And then I was like, oh, I'll just see you tomorrow. Look, I didn't see her for like nine months because oh we God. were in lockdown and stuff. Crazy time. What a mess. Uh, like I remember that. Ago, or does it feel like yesterday to you? Well, when was that? Two two years ago. That's so long ago. When I was in lockdown, I felt like my life went by in like a blink. But then now I look back at it, I'm like, yeah, COVID was like so long ago. So but isn't it crazy to think how they freaked out over what, how many like two or three cases they had? And now he, a day now. And imagine the amount of cases that is going to come out of the Grand Prix. Because I think, <laughs> like, I got a text because I got COVID a couple of weeks back, and I think I just like come out of my eight week bubble. Like they changed the bubble from third days to eight weeks. So like, who really knows how long the bubble is? But I mean, I'm going to test every day just to make sure that you know, because I would hate to come to the track and be positive if if I was but like it's just gonna be so wild because it's everywhere down here and people just don't care anymore mm-hmm. because you just keep on like, yeah, you get it. sick you stop for seven days and then you kick on again you know but but it's absolutely packed like at the moment I'm still working out my accreditation and whatnot and what I'm doing for work because F1 regulations, eh, that's a whole other story, but... For anyone who doesn't realise, you can't film, like, you can't even... Basically, F1 hates us. Pretty much. Anyone, if you're not F1 accredited, you suck. Like, because I have, like, a media accreditation, when I sign my agreement for my media accreditation, it pretty much says, anytime I press a record button, whether video or audio, inside the confines of the F1 Grand Prix, the F1 Corp own it. And if I choose to use anything, video, audio, anything, because I have agreed to by accepting my accreditation, they then own the rights to it. So if I, like, film an iPhone video, F1 own it legally. Like, if they want to sue me, like, it would be theirs. But but how insane is that? So all the clients that I have who are racing at F1 would have to renegotiate deals and offer different services and, and work out a way that I can go above and beyond for them without video which is my kind of offering like I'm a videographer that's what I do so I've got a couple of social clients to manage um I think we've got I think one of the people I think one of the clients that I work for we have a bit of a crossover with an F1 driver at some point so what could be a little bit exciting you did not just drop that on me right I just now. dropped that on you but I can't tell you anything else I mean on the pod I can't tell you anything else um, but yeah, that is what my week's going to be. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the track. Monday, I go to the airport. I fly interstate. Can't say where. Fly interstate. Tuesday, I fly back. Wednesday, I get on a plane and fly to Bath- Fly to Sydney, then drive to Bathurst for the six hour. And then at the Bathurst, six hour for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, home Monday, and then Tuesday, maybe I can start breathing normally again. 
Tuesday in two I was weeks just about time. to That's say. That's Tuesday two weeks time for those who don't realise. I was just about to say, I think you might die looking at you now. Thanks, Priya. And for those who don't know, it's are not we... a pretty picture. For those of you who are pod only, <laughs> I mean, we don't do anything with the video version of this, but pod only, guys, look, it's not a, it's not a pretty picture right now. So just enjoy the... Just enjoy the voice. I mean, it's a good voice. Oh. <laughs> the voice. The voice. <laughs> I mean, the fact the fact that as soon as I got on here, I went, whoa, you look so bad. <laughs> Thanks, Priya. I appreciate yeah. the love and support yeah. that you're giving me there. Exactly. I mean, I care about you. Okay. Thanks. And it's, I'm very sad to see Thanks. this. No, you'll be right. You did it to yourself. but thank you all for listening to another week of girls on the grid we hope you enjoyed and we will see you bro 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 bro, one moment p-dog episode 10 next week we've nearly done 10 episodes what the hell holy crap this is episode nine i okay wow actually (laughs) hang on we actually we need to have a chat off air about when uh, in my previously recited busy schedule, when are we going to do the next pod? It might have to be a Sunday night deal. Well, I was just about. That's fine. I was just about to say, this is we're going to have to start getting some internationals in and start recording at like three a.m. or something because that is probably going to be the only time that you and I have. We have to sync up our sync up our schedules because we're both going yeah. in opposite directions. But anyway, anyway, that is that is not. People who listen to us don't need to hear about this drama. They just want to hear the lovely edited version. We just like to complain. Look, we live the dream, but we just complain about the dream. So it's fun. Exactly. You can't have everything. I have never heard anything more accurate about my life. That is so true. Ouch. I kind of I kind of hurt myself a little bit when I said that. I was thinking the other day, like, oh, I'm so tired of traveling and being on planes and filming stuff. Filming and, stars and getting paid. Like just um, being uh, around race cars. But the truth is I absolutely love it. But when you're in it and you're doing it all the time, it gets full on. But you can still complain. We're only human. Of course. Of course. We're only we're only human. As Kath Day Knight would say from Kath and Kim, you're only human. <laughs> Sorry. Priya, look at me. Priya? Look at me. It's nice. It's nice. Priya, look at Sharon. Sharon, look at Priya. Priya and Sharon, look at me. Okay, look, we all need to go to bed. <laughs> okay, this we're getting we're getting a little bit weird. Let's go. Alright, we're out. We'll chat to you guys next week. Bye. You've just listened to another Network R production. 